What's up, everybody? It's your host, It's With The Mostest. I'm just kidding. Sorry, you guys. I totally meant to release a podcast last week, but then your girl got sick and I had zero will to live. And I know that's my bad, but we're here. We're here now. So what's up? Yeah, you guys, I literally went to the Backstreet Boys concert uh, last, last week. Epic. Absolutely fucking epic. But the next morning I woke up and I was dead like fully unalived it was not even fun but yeah that's probably like the worst three days of my life but we're here we're back i'm still a little congested still can't hear out of one ear so if this podcast sounds louder than usual <laughs> oopsies just turn your volume down because i literally can't hear shit so it is what it is but yeah let's get right into it man the backstreet boys concert did you guys know i'm older than the backstreet boys because i found this out at the concert and i was like oh I'm a little bit offended, but the Backstreet Boys are 30 years old. Crazy. But the concert in itself was absolutely phenomenal. So shout out to my friend who was like a little sister to me for calling me last minute and me like, yo, you want to go? And I was like, thank you so much for thinking of me. Um, I don't know why in my head I genuinely thought going to this concert I was going to be the oldest person there. I don't. Don't fucking ask me why I thought this was a thing. And I don't know why I thought there was going to be a bleh, be a bunch of teeny boppers there. No, 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 no. No, no, no. It was a bunch of women my age, if not older, who were there with their children. So I remember looking over at my friend. I was like, I always thought that like if I ever went to a Backstreet Boys concert, I would be taking my child with me. But I guess you're kind of like my kid. I've, you know, known you since you were nine. So it's like the same thing. And then she's like, yeah, I'm basically your child. So, well, here we are at the Backstreet Boys. But yeah, no, man, it was epic. These men do not age. Kevin, I think his name is. Is that the guy? The oldest one? He was 21 when they started Backstreet Boys. He is now 50. This man does not look like a day over 21 of... 2022 you know what i mean like you know how the 22 year or the 21 year olds look now that's what he looks like like not a single obviously not a single gray hair in sight this man's fucking zero wrinkles the most pristine skin and i'm like can i holla at you for your skincare like well, what is your routine but even fucking nick carter nick carter looks how he looked when i was like nine so when i had a poster of him in my bedroom he literally looks the exact same the exact fucking same. And I'm like, I don't understand what is happening and what voodoo doctor you go to, but can I get his number, please? Because I need to look like that when I'm approaching 50. Because if I don't, I'm gonna be pissed. I'm gonna be fucking pissed if I'm not a MILF. I'm telling you right now, not having children if I'm not guaranteed to look like a fucking MILF. <laughs> um, but no, concert was honestly 10 out of 10. So if anyone has a chance to still catch it, I think you definitely should. If not, catch them on their next tour because it was awesome it was supposed to be their dna tour well it's called a dna tour so they were supposed to do the album and i believe they only did like three or four songs from that album and the rest was like fully throwbacks and i was not mad about it at all but yeah it was very nostalgic as fuck and it was pretty cool because the girl that was beside me i can't say girl the woman that was beside me my neighbor she's obviously older i think she's like in her late 30s her name is karen i know we love this Karen though. Anywho, so she's like a goatee and she is married to a Muslim guy, which I thought was super cool. I don't know if they have kids. I would assume so, but she didn't say. I didn't really ask. I didn't want to pry too much. I seem, you know, seemed a little too personal. But we were just like chit-chatting and she was like, yeah, man, I have seven sister-in-laws. Like I totally get the culture. Like it's fucking wild. And like I wanted to be like, oh, like was it hard, you know, like getting married to a Muslim guy and like transitioning over and whatever. But like honestly, again, too personal, but she looked like she was living her best 
motherfucking life. And considering that they're originally from Calgary and she was in Edmonton for the Backstreet Boys concert with her closest girlfriends, I'm like... I already know your relationship is vibing and thriving and that alone just makes me so happy. I'll never understand the stigma behind interracial marriages. Like, why is it such a fucking bad thing? And also, like, not even just like, why is it such a bad thing? But like, why is it such a bad thing to marry interracial, first of all? And second of all, why will you pick a goatee? over an upbringing from a different religion like that will fucking never not boggle my goddamn mind like you will rather pick a colonizer <laughs> over someone who literally comes from the exact same culture as you but just different religion what like you gonna be racist to your own motherfucking people but you will let a colonizer into your family that is okay make it make sense please make it make sense <laughs> I literally had this conversation with one of my girlfriends uh, the other day and she was saying like how backwards it is and how it doesn't make sense and how the generation of our parents are actually so fucked up because they legit will rather have a gori or a gora in this situation as like their son or daughter-in-law but would rather fucking die than have a muslim or hindu or punjabi as their daughter-in-law and i'm just like this makes no motherfucking sense like what and then she was like yeah like for them they're just like oh yeah you know like the gori didn't do as bad as brown people did to one another so like for a little bit of context like they're um they're sikhi um obviously i'm muslim and so she asked her mom like what the what the issue is like why is it why would they prefer a gori or gora over a muslim individual and they were like oh like you know like they did this x x amount of years ago and blah 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 and like you know they went to war with the gurus and so on and so forth and i was like i love how something that happened 500 years ago and i know very significant within the religious history of both cultures or sorry both religions um is still so significant and adamant but i'm just like this is actually such an lol moment because what a lot of people don't know, because a lot of people didn't do a deep dive or just stopped at like the bare minimum or the basics, is that the very same people who went to war with the gurus of the Sikhi faith are the exact same people who went to war with the prophets of the Islamic faith. So a lot of people just like ran with it because they're like, oh, Muslim names, obviously they're of the Islamic faith. Actually, it was the Turkish emperors. So... If y'all really want to do a true deep dive, yeah, we have Islamic names. That doesn't completely, truly mean that they are of Islamic faith. I know a lot of people with Muslim names who are Christian or Catholic or fucking Buddhist, you know what I mean? Like, just because you got a very distinct name doesn't necessarily mean that you come from that exact faith. It's just the origin of the country or, like, the area that you're born in. That's basically where, like, the name comes from. So it's basically the same thing with the Sikhi culture. Like, your last name basically comes from the bin that you're from, right? But that doesn't necessarily mean that you're of the Sikhi faith like there's a bunch of people who have like sings for their last name and they're Hindu freaking I don't know whatever but the point is not everything is of a of face value and so I obviously did this deep dive because I've always tried to understand why there's so much hate between the Sikhi culture and the Muslim culture and again these are all my own personal experiences that I've gone through. So me doing these deep divings and asking all these questions, it's not, again, me trying to point out one religion in particular. It's me shining light on my experiences of growing up brown and how I didn't fit in anywhere because of the differences and the experiences that I went through. Um, so again, this is not to offend anybody and not to be like, oh, like fucking, you know, the sticky community are so fucking rude. No, no, no. This is just what I went through. 
And also, I just want everyone to really know that, like, my best friends are all Punjabi. And I love them, and their families are all so, so kind to me, and I've never felt like an outsider. Um, so again, like I'm saying, these are just my personal experiences, um, and I'm not trying to just point out one type of person or religion, um, just general context. But yeah, no, like, so a friend and I were definitely talking about how mothers would prefer to have a gori or a gora over a Muslim or Hindu, I guess. And I just think that's just such backwards and barbaric thinking. Like, again, something that happened plus 500 years ago is still lingering on today in fucking the 21st century. And again, like I said, the same thing that happened to the gurus of the Sikhi faith is the same thing that happened to the prophets of the Islamic faith and their families. Like our prophet and his entire family down to his newborn child were literally slaughtered in the name of Islam. Sorry, well not necessarily the name of Islam, but in order to like, to have Islam be a religion, like for the sake of it, like they sacrificed their own lives to make sure that the Islamic faith was of precedence. It's just crazy how narrow-minded people can be and how tunnel vision they have like they just want to hear what they want to hear and they want to know what they want to know and no one chooses to do any further research or any further like I guess investigation kind of just like hear what they want to hear and they keep it pushing um and I think that's very unfair considering that again we are in the 21st century and love is love because I've seen far too many times where people just do what's right by their parents you know they have a certain box that they need to check off or they have a certain degree that they need to live up to um, or a certain standard that they need to live up to and in trying to be the perfect person they end up hurting other people along the way and it's unfortunate because I think again from my own personal experiences life could be a wonderful if not beautiful thing when you have an interracial marriage and I'm not talking just interracial in the sense of like a brown person marrying a Gora person or a Kala person or a Jina. No, I'm even just talking like inter-religions, bro. Like fucking a Muslim marrying a Sikhi or a Hindu marrying a Muslim or a Christian marrying Buddhist. You know what I mean? Like whatever the case may be, I think the merging of two religions is the most beautiful thing on this planet because not only is it a merge of two religions, but then it becomes a merge of two different cultures. And the diversity behind that is actually so beautiful because now you're taking the time to not only just learn things about your own religion with the love of your life, but you're now learning things about their religion with them together you're both growing so much more as a couple and as an individual than you would have by marrying someone that just meets the general criteria of our parents or our grandparents checklist and like I find that there's so much in this world to experience and to love and to and to learn from but we all are so sheltered and we just narrow that down because we don't want to piss our parents off or we don't want to do something out of the norm and it's not until we meet someone or have someone in our in our own family ties who breaks those barriers and breaks down those walls and does whatever the fuck they want to do that we then sit back and we're like damn if they can do it and be as happy as they are why the fuck didn't I do that and then like you end up in a situation where there's regret in a lot of scenarios there's a lot of what ifs or what could have been and there's a lot a lot of fucking heartbreak and again 
personal experience, there's a lot of fucking heartbreak because you're so adamant on making sure that we are the best fit or just trying to fit in or be the perfect fucking person or perfect fucking kid that our parents and our grandparents want us to be. But it's you lose so much of yourself in doing so and I think that's genuinely just so so unfair because again the world is your oyster man and there's so much to learn and take in and love just always wins and it fucking sucks that that is not something that we live by instead there's so much hate that is instilled within one of us like we just have to make these sacrifices and then it's not that people go into loveless marriages it's that there's a lot of regrets and what ifs and a lot of reminiscing of like what could have been and what should have been and it's just it's unhealthy I think for this for our culture for our generation and just in general you know and like I have only ever dated Punjabi men I know I I choose problems over peace clearly I don't know it's just what I'm attracted to like I just I like what I like you know and no one in my life has ever told me different no one in my life has ever told me that I must marry a Muslim or that in being in a relationship with the Punjabi is gonna be the worst thing for me like I was never taught that the only thing my dad has ever said to me growing up was like oh I don't want you to marry a Punjabi um and when I grow older and I asked him he literally was like it's because they drink so damn much and then their men become abusive and I was like okay fair enough uh this whole time I genuinely thought it was like the religious thing and he was like no I don't give a fuck about that he's like it's just that one too many times have I heard that you know like they drink a little more than they need to and then they get abusive and with all fairness any father should have that sort of hesitation when you hear about your daughter marrying or sorry dating someone outside of their culture but also the same thing goes on in the muslim culture as well the men may not drink but they're fucking abusive too um same thing happens with the hindus and the same things happen with the christians and the fucking jews and whoever else like there's abuse everywhere but you just see it predominantly more with people who openly drink right but again it's not that muslims don't drink they definitely there are people who definitely do and they do also get abusive so i think just for my dad like that was just what he has known um and so that was where his fear came from but he had it had nothing to do with religion it had everything to do with culture and that's when i reminded my father that i could probably out drink a brown guy nothing to be proud of but it's true i probably could um and if anyone was gonna swing first it would be me sir yeah, if anyone should be worried, it should be my dad worried about me beating someone else's son up. But no, literally, all jokes aside, that's literally what it was, right? And like, I remember back in high school, I had asked a brown guy, like, why? Why they wore turbans? Because Muslims wear turbans as well. And again, I was very sheltered and it wasn't me being rude or naive. I was just, I was just genuinely curious to know the reason behind Sikhi men wearing a turban and this guy literally looked me dead in the eye and he's like oh he's like it's a reminder that the day that we take our turban off and cut our hair is that the day is that that will be the day that the last muslim on earth is to be alive and I was like wait what like that what, what, what say that again and he was like yeah he's like we wear a turban and as a protection of our our head and our hair and we will not take our turban off or cut our hair until the last muslim on this planet is dead and i was like oh interesting obviously i was in high school i wasn't gonna fucking ask this man for a clarification or a justification or anything i was just like okay that's cool nice good talk um but this isn't the first time that this has been said um, and this isn't, I'm not the first person to hear this. You know what I mean? There are other Muslims who have heard this too. And I actually had a friend who said this to me not too long ago. Um, and she was like, yeah, like, that's what I heard too. That like, oh, 
you know, um, Punjabi people wear turbans and they won't take it off unless all the Muslim on this, all the Muslims on this planet are dead. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like this shit is still being spread around. And she's like, yeah, like that's what I heard. And I was like, no man. I'm like, they literally wear the turban as like honor and respect. And they do it with like, you know, like with the purity of their fucking heart, not as a sign of like, I'm gonna take this off the day fucking all the Muslims are dead. Like, I'm like, that has nothing to do with why they wear a turban. But there's just so much hate that goes in the differences between religions that this is this is what the older generation is teaching the younger generation, and this is what's fucking sticking. And it fucking sucks because neither one of our religions were based off of hate. Islam is very much so based off of love and peace, and unlike what media shows and portrays, um, and Sikhi is very much so based off of love and peace as well. Um, and there's scientific reasoning behind everything that we do Islamically, the same way that there is scientific reasoning behind everything that they do um, in the Sikhi faith. And then another really cool thing about the Sikhi faith is that um Sikhism is the youngest religion and a part of it is based off of Sufism which is Islam and another part of it is based off of Hinduism and together these you know these two religions have basically given birth to another religion in making Sikhism which I think is and a, a beautiful thing like Guru Nanak Dev Ji I believe um used to like hang out with Prophet Muhammad uh, and like you know like he taught him all the ins and the outs and the ropes and whatever and then you know then he hung out with um a bunch of uh like hindu masters and then they, they taught him whatever else he needed to know as well and then from that like he took what he thought would fit and created a religion off of that and i think that was the most beautiful thing and it's just like how is it that our gurus and our prophets um and our gods all you know, came together as one to make multiple different religions, but then people decided to fuck around with it and just ruin it. Like, nowhere does anything, like, not in the Gurbani, not in the Quran, not in any, not even in the Bible, is there anything that says, oh, we must hate one another. Like, yeah, everything in every religious scripture, there's an extremity to it, where, you know, there's some things are just very, very orthodox. But, like, when it comes down to hating different religions, like, that's not in any teaching. Especially in the Quran and especially in the Gurbani. Like, it's very similar teachings. And in, in, in neither does it say that Sikhis are to hate Muslims and Muslims are to hate Sikhis. Like, no, 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 no. That's not a thing. Like, literally, when you walk into a Gurdwara, it literally says, God is one. And Allah translates to God. It doesn't specifically mean Allah in Arabic literally translates to God. It doesn't just specifically mean like the Islamic God. It just means God, whatever God means to whoever, whether that be an unknown entity, the fucking universe vibes, like whatever you choose to believe is God, that is God. And God is not just in a temple or a Gurdwara or a mosque or a church. God is within all of us. Um, so even if you're a fucking atheist, you don't believe in God, you believe in something. And whatever you believe in, that is your God. So there's no right or wrong to any of this, but there definitely is a wrong when we're constantly teaching our children that they can't be with someone because it doesn't check off these fucking imaginary boxes. Because what our parents don't realize and our grandparents don't realize and fuck what we don't realize is that we're ruining lives and we're hurting people 
who have good hearts and don't deserve that sort of pain. There's nothing worse, and it was something that I read, and I can't remember word for word, but there's nothing worse than mourning the death of someone who is still alive. And you don't come to the decision of mourning the death of someone who is still alive until you are absolutely pushed into that direction. Like, no one wants to give up on the person that they fucking love. Like, if you have a genuine connection with somebody and you know you guys like genuinely make each other fucking happy, no one wants to give up on that. But a lot of people, especially in our Desi culture, are forced to do so because they're not fucking checkbox worthy. Like, what the fuck? This caste system shit, that's gotta go. Caste system is a no-no. Even Islam, what the fuck? Apparently there's 72 castes. I didn't even know there was more than three, okay? And even them, I'm like, I don't even know the difference between you three, and I don't even fucking care. But there is a caste system in Islam too, and I think it's the dumbest fucking thing ever because at the end of the day, do we not all pray the same? Do we all not believe the same? We do. Shocking. Yet, there's a big fucking stigma around that too. Same thing, I believe, with with, with Hinduism. There's a little bit of a caste system with them too. Why does it matter from what motherfucking place in the world I'm from? Still Hindu, no? Still believe the same thing? Still pray to one of the, I think Amol was saying there's like 172 gods. I don't know, maybe more. I think there's thousands, I think he said. I don't know. But we all still pray, you know? Like, someone's praying to someone. What does it matter? Just because you pray to Lakshmi instead of Durga Mata does not make you any different of a Hindu. Like, with Sikhis, like, there's no difference between Rajput and fucking Jat. You're still praying the same. It makes no sense. People in culture just fucking, they irk me in a different motherfucking way, honestly. Because, like, it wasn't until last year that I was like, you know what? I fucking am done with brown men. I'm going to try to dabble in something different. And I did. And honestly, it was probably one of the coolest experiences of my life. Like, we still talk. Um, we still kick it whenever we see each other. Um, and things are great. He's an Italian dude. And, like, just dating someone different after so many years of dating the same thing in a different fucking body (laughs) it's crazy actually because like the communication barrier i was like wow like i didn't even know that this was like an actual thing until you date outside of what you normally date so when you date a brown guy you'd be like oh like you know like are we gonna do something this weekend yeah we can do something we can do whatever you want to do like there's no actual plan but with dating the italian guy he'd be like oh like are you free this weekend i'm like yeah i am like or like did you want to do something and he'd be like yeah like i'd really like to see you this weekend i'm thinking saturday around 7 p.m are you free and i'd be like oh yeah like 7 p.m works for me and he's like okay perfect there's this restaurant that i really wanted to try out did you want to take a look at the menu and then i'll take a look at the menu and i'm because he knows i'm a fucking picky eater and i'll be like yeah like the menu's solid and he's like okay cool i'll make reservations so it's like this man not only asked about my availability then made sure that i was okay with the venue he chose knowing that i have not only just like dietary restrictions and limitations but i'm also a very picky eater and then went through with the plan and making reservations because he knows that i get very very hangry i have dated guys for several years who till this day cannot comprehend that i get hangry (laughs) and like when i get hangry i'm i don't want to say demonic but i'm not nice like i go quiet i don't want to have a conversation i don't want to talk to you do not 
do not even breathe in my bubble because I will get irritated because I'm so hungry that I'm going to die. And Janam, my girl, you know this better than anybody because I did this to you in Thailand and I remember sitting across from her at the restaurant. We had just gotten off our flight, got to our hotel and we like freshened up and whatever. And then we found this spot and I remember she looked up at me and she's like, damn, hey, she's like, hangry is a real thing. And I swear to God, I looked at her with the most like evil look ever and I was like yeah <laughs> like that's all I said just a fucking monotone ass yeah and Jonathan was like oh okay didn't say anything else my food came well our both of our food came at the same time bro I took two bites of this and I looked at it I was like okay so like what should we do <laughs> later on and she was like what the fuck so yeah my mood changes drastically when I'm hungry like I turn into Satan and ever since that day any trip that John and I go on whether she comes to fucking Alberta I go back to Ontario anything she's always like so first things first we gotta get some food in us and I'm like yeah girl we do even like the rest of our trip like after Thailand we went to Bali and stuff she made sure that I was fed and hydrated because I don't think she wanted to see Satan again. <laughs> but JJ, I love you. Thank you so much for putting up with my bullshit. He was a real one. But yeah, well, back to dating a non-brown guy. Yeah, no, he didn't even have to experience me being hangry. He just asked. He's like, do you get hangry when you don't get food on time? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, what's your love language? And I was like, food. <laughs> and he's like, oh, mine's physical touch. And I was like, no, don't touch me. And he was like, what? And I was like, no, seriously, I don't fucking like physical touch. And I hate PDA. And he was like, oh, like for real? And I was like, well, no, not really. Like I don't like PDA because I just, I don't know. There's, I just think that's weird. Like I think too much is, it's gross. Not everybody needs to see all of that. But where the physical touch thing comes from is it's uh, maybe trauma, but I only enjoy it like once I'm into somebody. Like I, physical touch is not my love language at all even like with my nieces and my nephews like when they were younger and they wanted to like sleep over and cuddle I'd be like ew like I literally would pick up their little hands and I'd just like plop it over and I was like don't touch me but when I'm in a relationship and I'm like obsessed with my man then I'm like a fucking level nine clinger like you cannot get me off of you so like physical touch is like there but like it's the last on my list of things and, but, like, I found that, like, so nice that he, like, asked. He's, like, what's your love language? And I literally was, like, food. And he's, like, that's not a love language, but okay. Um, but, yeah, no, like, he, you know, he wanted to know what my boundaries were and what I was okay with and what I wasn't okay with. And, like, it was nice because he took initiative to get to know these things, but I also took initiative to get to know his boundaries and his love languages and like how he likes to be loved and I think that's a very important thing to do in any relationship whether you're dating a brown guy or not a brown guy or you're dating a brown girl or not a brown girl like it is very important to have open and honest communication and that also means voicing your boundaries and your limitations because not everybody wants to be smothered with love some people want to be they want their love to be expressed in words someone like their their love to be expressed in gifts and someone that's my cat, sorry. And some would like to be, have their love expressed, in, you know, in other ways. And so if you don't know these things, it's really hard to have a sustainable relationship. And I found that being able to openly talk about boundaries and limitations with someone who was a non-desi was actually very, very, very easy. Whereas talking to a desi about your boundaries and limitations, it kind of like almost sounded like homework for them. I mean, like they were just like, what the fuck? Like this is stupid. But again, that's because desi culture doesn't teach us to be open and honest about the things we like and dislike, where it's kind of just like, desi women are just meant to be submissive and just shut up and sit down and let your man do what he's doing. Whereas like, non-desi guys are like tell us why or non-desi women 
you know, or like tell me why you want me to fucking be submissive and shut up and sit down like the heck. Um, and so submission, submission doesn't work for me. Uh, if a man ever told me to shut up and sit down, I think I'd actually punch him in the fucking throat. So there's that. But again, there's a time and a place to be submissive, but desis don't know that. So when you date someone who's a non-Indian or non-desi, like these are things that are brought to your attention and it's actually quite refreshing because you're like, wow, like you're taking the time to stop and listen to me? Like what the fuck? But you're very much so like you're heard and you're listened to and you're appreciated and it's actually very liberating um so if you get the chance to date a non-indian person i highly recommend doing it because not only does it remind you of like your worth but it also kind of like opens you up and challenges you to other things it challenges you to be a better person in your relationship also in your own personal life it challenges you to want to have hard and honest conversations and ask those questions that you weren't wouldn't normally be able to ask and I know a lot of brown people are like oh no like what's the point in dating someone that I can't be with long term well again love is fucking love so you don't really get to determine who you fall in love with that's out of your control you don't you like if you're literally walking on the street with a checklist you're never gonna truly find what you want and again this comes from personal experience i did in fact fall in love with someone who could not be with me because i'm muslim so off he went off i went my heart broke into little itty bitty pieces i don't know about him i can't say the same but whatever we went our separate ways and for me it was probably the hardest thing ever because i was like we were so good together but we can't be together because his family was dead against having anything that wasn't Punjabi. there was many check boxes or sorry there are many boxes that needed to be checked off and i didn't fucking check a single one off regardless of my education regardless of my upbringing regardless of my family my income whatever i checked off those boxes but the main boxes i unfortunately didn't check off i wasn't sikhi i wasn't punjabi and that was period end of story and so that really 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 fucking sucked and i wish that conversations were had i wish that fear wasn't such a big thing and I truly truly wish that this whole barrier and this whole bullshit of different religions was something that didn't fucking continue to snowball into different generations because I think it's so fucking dumb like it's just fucking dumb like I'm happy that he's happy but it sucks that his happiness came from the sacrifice of my happiness and so if you end up falling in love with someone who doesn't check off the boxes that your parents have ever so much basically ingrained into your soul please i'm begging you as someone who went through it and does not wish this upon anybody else just fucking have a conversation with your parents yeah they're gonna be pissed off for a couple of days maybe a couple of months they're gonna be bitter but they're your parents man if we have to suck it up and constantly i guess obey to their wants and needs and desires you know what they're fucking parents they're your, you're your fucking you're literally their blood they're going to cut you off for the rest of your life. I mean, they might. But why would you even want that kind of negativity in your life regardless? And I know, again, they see stigma. They're like, oh, those are your parents. You have to respect them. Yeah, there's a difference between respecting your parents and having your parents control you to the point that you're fucking miserable. How much longer are we supposed to, as children of immigrants, supposed to sit there and fucking abide by our parents and their barbaric ways 
while giving up on ourselves and not truly being who we are and want to be because that doesn't appease our parents. Like that doesn't make sense. We weren't put on this planet or given this life to just constantly be our parents' puppets. And again, I know this is so much easier said than done, but if we don't break this cycle now, when are we? Again, I love and respect my parents so much and I'm so blessed that I got them as my parents and I have the freedom to say and do what I want and be with whoever I want but this didn't just come from the fucking sky like it didn't fall out of the heavens and just fall into my lap and I was given this easiness no I had to have very difficult conversations with my parents especially my dad to be able to not only have the freedom that I have but to have the openness with my family that I have I don't bring home every guy that I date obviously not But I also don't have to lie to them when I'm going on a date. Like, my dad never met the Italian guy, nor did my mom meet the Italian guy. But I showed my mom a picture of him. She knew about him. She used to call him the Italian stallion. My dad had no fucking clue, but he would just see... I would just, like, he would see me leaving the house. And he'd be like, where are you going? I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go. I'm going on a dinner date. He'd be like, oh, okay. With friends? And I was like, no. And that was all he needed to know. I would still come home at a reasonable time. Like I wasn't doing anything outrageous or outlandish. I still had respect for my parents while being very open and honest with them. And I found that I lived a much easier life than a lot of my friends and a lot of my cousins. And now I'm seeing a lot of my friends are starting to, you know, break out of their own barrier, or sorry, not their own barriers, but their own limitations and restrictions with their families. And they're starting to live their own life. And like, I'm just so happy for them because like now they're finally getting the chance to breathe. My best friend has found a gem of a human being and he's of the same faith. He's another, he's also a Sikhi, um, but he has taken the time to get to know my best friend. He's taken the time to ask her the questions and find out her boundaries and like her likes and dislikes. And like, I don't think he would have been able to do that had my best friend not breaking out of her own shell of being a first gen Canadian girl. It's hard. It's fucking hard being the first gen of your family of immigrant parents because immigrant parents don't understand anything and we go through a lot of shit but again like had she not broken those barriers and had conversations and done the things she done i don't think she a would have been the woman that she is today and i don't think she would have the voice that she has today and now she puts up with absolutely nothing and i think with doing that she found her soulmate and that makes me so fucking happy because love always wins man you just gotta fucking fight for it and it sucks that we gotta fight this goddamn hard to just love ugh why is hating each other so much easier than loving each other like I think that's an actual problem in itself. But no, honestly, like, I just want everyone to be able to have these open-ended questions with their families, to be able to have hard and heavy conversations with their parents, because if our generation doesn't put an end to this, our kids won't be able to either, because they're going to go through the same bullshit, because now our parents are going to become grandparents, and then now we have to appease our parents and make sure that our kids don't let down their grandparents, and it's going to be a fucking cycle that never fucking ends. So I just really, that's really what I really wanted to get off my chest. And all of this literally just came from going to a Backstreet Boys concert because I was like, hmm, a gori married to a Muslim man. Imagine that. Imagine fucking that. Love is love, man. Love is fucking love. And after my own experience, I truly don't wish it on anybody. And I really, truly wish things went differently. But I know for a fact that if ever I do get married and have children, my daughter comes to me and is like, mom, I'm in love with the Punjabi guy. I'm gonna have some motherfucking PTSD. (laughs) I'm gonna be like, please don't do it. Don't do it. 
Um, but I don't want to say that to my kids, you know, I want to be like, get it girl, <laughs> like, but I'm just hoping by the time if I ever have kids, you know, like, the beef is squashed and our generation didn't fucking let down the future generations to come and that we can just allow for anyone to marry whoever because this is some bullshit. Anyways, that's the end of my little rant today. You guys know the drill. Follow us on Instagram at Growing Up Brown Podcast. Please like, share, follow, um, and give us your feedback. Like, let me know what you guys want to hear, what's going on in your brains, how much you like it, how much you don't like it, how annoying I am, because I know I am. There's actually a link on our Instagram where you can actually send in an anonymous submission. So I won't ever know that it was you. Um, there's no way to trace it back to you, um, and you don't need to give any any information at all. But, you know, if you want to submit anything that you either want advice on or a story that you want to tell or have the world hear, um, you are able to now do that. Um, and then on Linktree, you can also find where you can listen to our podcast, so both on Apple and on Spotify. See you guys next Monday. Bye.